Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. All right, it's Friday night. You know what that means, right? Love one. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Welcome. Welcome. I see a few people already in the in the audience there saying hello, Reese. Welcome. Jacqueline, welcome. Debbie, welcome. Right? Share this out, people. Share it out, share it out. Law of One, we're going to pick up where we left off last week, and that was on Session 96, Question 7, right? <clears throat> so for those of you who are just finding this, I'd like to go over this and because, you know, there are, uh, you know, I don't know how many episodes that I've already filmed, so people find me in the middle of everything, so I put it in the description, but I also put it out there just in case people don't read the description, they hop in, they start listening. Law of One happened between 1981 and 1984, the group of people calling themselves the LL Research Group. <coughs> Pardon me. The LL Research Group. They uh, decided to... Well, let me see here. I'm, I'm seeing... I'm on the wrong thing here on my monitor because I'm seeing... It says I was live, but it's not. It's actually last week's. So I'm on the wrong thing, right? I'm sitting here going, what is this? Why does that say that? Why is that wrong? Why am I seeing myself when I haven't turned my camera on yet? Something's wrong. I'm in the wrong place. There I am. Pardon me, I have phlegm. I always end up having phlegm, don't I, right? So, what was I saying? Between 1981 and uh, 1984, a group of people calling themselves the LL Research Group, using channeling, that is a form of, <coughs> pardon me, the VSP, trying to see, reach out to the universe to see if there's anybody out there in the universe, and they did, and they made contact. And they made contact with not just a, a single person, but an entire hive mind complex, a whole species of people. Debbie, welcome. I see you there. So please share this out, share this out, share this out, everybody. Right? We can get some people in here. <coughs> so I'll be doing the same thing, right, as my microphone's pegging out right there. That's pretty good. That's probably because of me clearing my voice there, right? So not just one person did they make contact with. They made contact with an entire species, a hive mind complex all being able to communicate as one, and they call themselves raw. And the second they did that, Don, the questionnaire, said, wait a minute, raw, we have a raw here in history on our planet. And they said, yes, we are raw. We walked among your people. We built your pyramids. Well, that was enough right there to continue with the contact, right? So 106 sessions later, every day or every other day between 30 and 45 minute long sessions, they created six books, and I've read them all. And after reading them, uh, I guess I don't have to count it now. It's been two years, I believe, going on three, so about two and a half years now that I've been doing this. Uh, and I've per near every single Friday. I think we missed maybe three or four Fridays uh, due to weird things happening that we were out of our control in that time period. But I've been breaking down every single session for you, line by line, paragraph by paragraph. And sometimes it takes a long time to get through one session and other times we can blow through it because there's not really a lot there. It's just kind of on the surface, but there's so much that's esoteric that Don didn't catch 
right when he was asking questions and i get i couldn't understand that he was a he was a physicist he wasn't really a super spiritual person i don't know his spirituality but um i know that he wasn't in a place that i'm in because myself and other people now are further more advanced than don was because we're catching so much that don didn't unpack and didn't, didn't even you know, it just passed over. The answer was there. Something was said, and Don didn't even question it. Don just moved on. And I'm like, wow, man, these sessions, it would have been more than six books, I'll tell you right now, had I been the person asking questions. <clears throat> because I would have been asking for a whole bunch of other stuff. I, you know, I, I know there's a, there's a laws that don't, you know, that don't allow, you know, like the prime directive that don't allow certain things to be said. That happens with us as well. I mean, if you're a medium, you know that. Sometimes people ask you, uh, about something and you know the answer to it but you also are told either by your guides or you know it in, in, uh, instinctively that that's something they need to go through on their own to, to solve uh, that's a mystery they have to experience because they put that down on their own docket before they got here so you can't tell them so you have to you have to then either skate around it or just tell them outright i can't tell you that because that's something that you're supposed to be figuring out on your own right reese welcome welcome like i said share this out i'll be doing the same thing share this out because it's a uh, you know, it's Friday. We have we're up against the um, the uh, NFL draft, right? Not that there's a lot of people watching that these days, right? <laughs> I I called the buddy of mine. I really looked at him like he's my older brother because I've known him like my almost my entire life. I met him when I was probably seven or eight, and he was he's been friends with the family, so he's like an older brother to me. Uh, I called him last year and said, "You watching the Super Bowl?" He said, "NFL is dead to me." <laughs> right? So he wasn't having any of that. And I hear that a lot of people are doing the same thing, you know, you know, you know and I can see that I, I'm, I'm not going to get too far into politics, but there's a place for politics and there's not a place for politics and sports is not a place for politics. They have places where you can, you, have, you know, you can any, any platform, like everybody's got a podcast, everybody's got a news thing, you can get on television, you can get, you know, your sponsor behind you and have the sponsor do a commercial where you're talking about the politics. You can get your voice out there. So sports is not a place for politics in any kind. And and it shouldn't be things like the award ceremonies, but they're they're learning that. Uh, the award ceremonies for Hollywood, all of them are tanking in the ratings. They're only like one one third or less of the ratings they had 10 years ago because they start popping off about politics and people go click, change the channel. I hear that all day everywhere else. I don't need to hear it here. And and they're, they just relentlessly keep doing it because they're shooting themselves in the foot. I say let them, right? Yeah, right? And Reese says, even if you tell them, they don't understand it. That's exactly the truth. You tell them, look, you're killing yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot. They don't understand. They just keep doing it anyway. So the only way that you can uh, stifle that is, you know, you have to hit them where, they're, where, they're, where the money is. So the only way you can stifle that with television is turn them off. Go somewhere else, right? I stopped watching A&E and most of the, most of the networks that own A&E because they took uh, – uh, PD Live off the air because PD Live showed the police in a, in a positive light making a difference in the community and didn't paint the narrative that they were trying to paint so that they could say defund the police. So they took it off the air. That's the truth of why they did that. You can look that up. So I won't watch their networks. I won't watch their television. The ratings are tanking. Everyone else is doing the same thing. If you, if you go after them that way, they'll change because that's their money. If the award ceremonies are, or people are yawning, they have to do something to get that back. Eventually, they're going to go, okay, what is the main problem? Well, every time we poll someone, it's these guys talking politics. Well, then shut them up. If they start talking politics, you mute their microphone. And then all of them, or what are they going to do, boo and, and boycott their own award ceremonies? They can't help themselves. They're prima donnas. They have to be there. That's what their whole life is about, is to have everybody think that they're kings and queens and, and you know, noble people because they're actors. 
right? So if you take that away from them, no one's going to know who they are. They're going to forget who they are. Actors have to be seen. They have to be on the air. They have to have something going on so people remember them, actors and actresses. And that's their mentality. They're narcissists. So they're, you know, they're really going to do a boycott. We're not coming to the award shows anymore. Oh, don't. We won't have them. How about that? We'll cancel them. Cancel Hollywood. That's not going to happen. They'll be begging, begging to put that back on the air. Well, you have to change your ways, right? That's how you can do that. You, you have the control. We have the control. Okay. So let's go ahead and I'm going to go over here to Blang. Oops, that's showing the wrong um, behind the scenes, right? I have like asthma happening right now. I don't think you guys can hear me wheezing. I have a wheeze. I'm going to have to fix that. I'm going to have to mute my, my, uh, my microphone here and do something about that. All right, so let's go over here to Law of One. I already have this primed, prime real estate, prime, prime, prime. I will go into full screen. Let me make sure you guys are on the same screen as I am. Yes, you are, right? I will be transitioning this show, just so you guys know, um, to StreamYard soon. i got to hammer out a couple of details so I can actually go live on Facebook and YouTube at the same time and watch the chat without having to, ha- having to have a separate monitor. Now, I may have a separate monitor to play the videos um, because when I was doing that, that World uh, Earth Day Summit last week, which went over stellar, you should check it out. 12 hours a day for two days, so 24 total hours of speakers from around the world, right? It was literally 20 speakers from eight countries and five continents, so it was literally a worldwide event. We had people all over the globe, right? And they were all, they were all there speaking. It was phenomenal. It went fabulous. It went insane, crazy, good. Uh, if you're in any way spiritual, you should take a look at that show. I have them both up on Facebook on my, on the uh, Orion Rising page on Facebook and on YouTube on uh, Orion Rising on YouTube, they're both up there that you can watch from when they were live. Okay, so I backed up a question or two, so we're going to start on question number ninety-six. Let me go full screen here, so if you have advice, you can see it on full screen. And if it's not big enough for you, and you're on a cell phone, turn your cell phone sideways, and it'll make it a little bit bigger, but it still doesn't make it. As big as if you know, I would like, but I didn't make these videos. Maffy Moose did. It's LL Research approved material, and Maffy Moose, those guys at that uh, channel on YouTube, made this. So if you're reading the chat at the same time, you'll have to turn your your uh, cell phone sideways so it opens up into a bigger screen to probably be able to read the words. Um, they, they could if they would have made this. You know, fit the whole screen here, it would have been great, but they didn't. And I tried to zoom in before, and it loses resolution. So I just don't. Unfortunately, you guys will have to deal with that, right? Okay, so here we go. Like I said, share this out. I'm going to also share this out. And we'll see what we can get some more people in here. If we don't, that's because no one was supposed to come with us today, right? That's the way I look at it. I don't do this because I'm trying to get rich. If I was trying to get rich, I wouldn't be talking about the law of one. Law of one only draws in those people who are supposed to hear it, those people who are either awake or waking up those people who are or or close to being wanderers, they're the ones that hear this. And they'll, and they'll be there forever for people to, to hear out there in the ether for everyone to find it for the rest of time, right? <coughs> so that's why I do this. I do it for, I pay for, I take a loss on money. I pay for this whole expedition. I take a loss on money to get this out to the world. Uh, and, you know, I mean, literally I'm paying for it and I don't get any of it back. Uh, and that's just what we do, right? That's, this is why I'm here. So that's why I'm not worried if I don't have 15,000 people live while I'm talking about this because I'm not supposed to. I'm only supposed to get those people who are supposed to be here today, right, every single time. And if you're somebody who follows me every week, it's because you want to know this information and you like hearing it, right? That's why you do that. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to go ahead and start. Question 96.7. Questioner. 
there was no catalyst for that machine to malfunction from any of the negative entities then. Is that right? It was only a function of the random malfunction of the machine. Am I correct? Answer, I am Ra. No. Question 96.8. Questioner, what was the origin of this malfunction? Answer, I am Ra. There are two difficulties with the machine. Firstly, this instrument has a strong effect upon electromagnetic and electronic machines and instruments, and likely, if continued use of these is desired, should request that another handle the machines. Also, there was some difficulty from physical interference due to the material you call tape catching upon adjoining, what you would call, buttons when the play button, as you call it, is depressed. Question 96.9 Questioner how is Ra able to know all of this information? This is somewhat of an unimportant question, but it is just amazing to me that Ra is able to know all of these trivial things. What do you do, move in time-space and inspect the problem or what? Answer, I am Ra. Your former supposition is correct, your latter unintelligible to us. Question 96.10 Questioner, you mean that you move in time-space and inspect the situation to determine the problem. Is that correct? Answer, I am Ra. This is so. That's the end of part one for session number 96. The next video is going to queue up for those of you in the MP3 version. You don't know that. It's going to go ahead and queue up here. Question 96.11. Questioner. Was there a significance with respect to the hawk that landed the other day just outside the kitchen window? Answer, I am Ra. This is correct. We may note that we find it interesting that queries offered to us are often already known. We assume that our confirmation is appreciated. Question 96.12 Questioner, this seems to be connected with the concept of the bird being messengers in the tarot and this was a demonstration of this concept. Course. I was wondering about the mechanics, you might say, of this type of message. I assumed that the hawk was a messenger, and I assumed that as I thought of the possible meaning of this with respect to our activities I was in the state of free will, getting a message in the appearance of this very unusual bird, unusual, I say, in that it came so close. I would be very interested to know the origin of the message. Would Ra comment on this, please? Answer, I am Ra. No. Question 96.13. Questioner, I was afraid that you would say that. Am I correct in assuming that this is the same type of communication as depicted in card number 3 of the Catalyst of the Mind? Answer, I am Ra. We may not comment due to the law of confusion. There is an acceptable degree of confirmation of items known, but when the recognized subjective sigil asterisk is waved and the message not clear, then it is that we must remain silent. Asterisk sigil, a seal or signet, a mark or sign supposed to exercise occult power, less than el sigillum seal. Question 96.14. Questioner, would Ra comment on the technique of blessing the water that we will use to sprinkle the salt? I assume that we just sprinkle the water directly off of our fingertips onto the line of salt. How much water, in general, should be sprinkled on the salt? How wet should we get it? I would like to get this done right. Answer, I am Ra. The blessing of the water may be that one we have previously given, or it may be that one which is written within the liturgy of this instrument's distortion of the worship of the one creator, 
or it may simply be obtained from what you call your Catholic Church in the form of holy water. The intention of blessing is the notable feature of blessed water. The water may be sprinkled not so that all salt is soaked but so that a goodly portion has been dampened. This is not a physical working. The substances need to be seen in their ideal state so that water may be seen to be enabling the salt. Question 90. So again, this is where we left off where they're um, talking about setting up the new place or, or breaking down the old place and moving out of there, moving into a new place. So they're cleansing the old house and then they're doing the same, cleansing the new house and then getting the energy set up properly so that they can have a workspace there. And if you're Wiccan, Druid or any other uh, Eastern uh, philosophical thought, especially uh, Europe, then you understand all of this because that's still in practice uh, even to today. Right. But if you're not, you don't have any part of that, then you this to you sounds very scary and ooh, ooh magic. And I don't know. And that must be the devil, because that's what your church taught you. That was a control thing that they did a long time ago when they decided to set up the caste system. They had to take everything from you except for what they wanted you to know. And they can't have you having free thinking and free thought. Therefore, they created the witch's hammer, which they used in Salem to go after all the women or anyone who was a free thinker and kill them. Because they can't have people being free thinkers. That destroys the idea of them being in charge. Right? So that's what you'll get. So your instincts, if you're very Judeo-Christian, especially Western Judeo-Christian, is to believe that anything that's out of the norm of what they do is the devil and the evil. Yet they cast the same exact spells that you hear on here whenever you go to their church. You watch them do it all the time. But they call that a ritual that they perform to cleanse the sacrament that you're about to consume. But it's the same exact thing. They just change the word and say it's okay when we do it because we're doing it for and by God. But when they do it, they're doing it because the devil made them do it. That's all a lie. There is no devil. They made it up. They actually admitted that. They did. They actually admitted that. You can look that up. 6.15 Questioner, I have planned to redraw the tarot cards omitting the extraneous additions by those who came after I and I would like quickly to go through those things that I intend to eliminate from each card and ask Ra if there is anything else that should be eliminated to make the cards as they were before the astrological and other appendages were added. I would eliminate all of the letters from the edge of the card with the possible exception of the number of the card. That would be the case for all of the cards. In card number one I would eliminate the star, the wand in the magician's hand, and I understand that the sphere remains but I am not really sure where it should be. Would Ra comment on that please? Answer, I am Ra. Firstly, the elimination of letters is acceptable. Secondly, the elimination of stars is acceptable in all cases. Thirdly, the elimination of the wand is appropriate. Fourthly, the sphere may be seen to be held by the thumb and index and second finger. Fifthly, we would note that it is not possible to offer what you may call a pure deck, if you would use this term, a tarot due to the fact that when these images were first drawn there was already distortion in various and sundry ways, mostly cultural. Sixthly, although it is good to view the images without the astrological additions, it is to be noted that the more general positions, phases, and characteristics of each concept complex are those which are significant. The removal of all the distortions is unlikely and, to a great extent, unimportant. Question 96.16 Questioner 
I didn't think that we could ever remove all distortions but it is very difficult to work with or interpret these cards because of the quality of the drawing, and as we go through them we get a better idea of what some of these things are and how they should be drawn. I think that we can improve on the quality of the cards and also remove some of the extraneous material that is misleading. On the second card we should remove the letters and the stars. At the center of the female form here she is wearing something that looks something like a crux and zeta and we should change that. Is that correct? Answer, I am Ra. Crux and zeta, just in case you've never heard, that's the onk. That's the actual scientific term for what that shape is. Just so you know. We perceive an incomplete query. Please re-question. Question, question 96.17 Questioner, I think that I should put a crux and zeta in the place of this thing that looks a little like a crux and zeta on the front of the female. Is that correct? Answer, I am Ra. This is correct. Question 96.18 Questioner, then as to the thing that she wears on her head, that, I believe, is a bit confusing. What should it be shaped like? Answer, I am Ra. And again, if you're just tuning in, this is uh, them going over the original tarot deck that the that Ra claims they made the original tarot deck that we all use. Everything came from that original deck. And <clears throat> Don has found the oldest Egyptian tarot deck that he could find, and he's going over them uh, card by card to see what the discrepancies are from the original deck and trying to recreate that original deck which i have still not been able to procure a copy of but i keep trying to look for it we shall allow the student to ponder this point we note that although it is an astrologically based addition to the concept complex it is not entirely unacceptable when viewed with a certain feeling therefore we suggest O oh student that you choose whether to remove the crown or to name its meaning in such a way as to enhance the concept complex. Question 96.19 Questioner, would Ra please give me any information possible on the ratios of dimensions, and the shape of the crux and zeta as it should be made or drawn? Answer, I am Ra. No. See, a lot of <clears throat> the, the tarot deck is esoteric in and of itself, and people who use uh, any deck in doing any readings will tell you the same thing. You can read what the book says that every single card means, whether it's in the positive or negative, right out of the book of the person who designed it. Or you can just read the cards <clears throat> and get a reading from that. Some people who are very successful reading the cards without reading what they're uh, what you know what the book says they mean. And other people read that and then interpret from that. It's just a matter of your um, skill level and what tools you use to, to do that. None, none are right. None are wrong. Everything is, is, is interpretive. So <clears throat> everything that they designed on the cards were designed f that way on purpose. They were designed to be studied by individuals, and they were designed f to, to work on the individual so that they would gain that which they needed personally from the cards this is what's been taken from you in the religions of this this is why i made that comment earlier i don't make arbitrary comments and i don't babble 
Um, I might go on a little bit long and someone's, you know, going, okay, where are you going with this? But if you wait long enough, you'll understand that. And I say that all the time because I get one or two people repeatedly going, you go on like forever. No, I just go past your patience and your um, and your attention span. So it bothers you. Okay, here he goes. It's going on. Blah, 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 blah. Now I've lost that person and they're no longer listening because they think I'm too long-winded in what I'm saying. That's okay. That's not me. That's their choice. <clears throat> that's how they learn. If that bothers them, eventually they'll leave and go to someone else who just hits them with bullet points after bullet points after bullet points over and over. Okay, so it's designed so that each individual in the church took that from you. That's why they don't want you learning the Bible on your own. Because, well, then they start making stuff up and that's very dangerous and they start getting delusions of grandeur. Yes, and that's part of the learning curve and the learning process. People are all going to start doing that. People do that to this day. People get stuck. Look at David Icke. He thought he was Jesus Christ for two years. Then he realized he was just stuck in the knowledge that he had that in truth, we're all the same. We're all reflective of each other. We're all one piece of the source, which is only a thought. We're not even an individual uh, mass that's been produced. We're actually energy and we are the source. We're just taking on this guise for the experience sake and our experiences are personal. And that is what we're here to do. Experience every possible thing that can be experienced from every possible angle that the one true creator could figure out in the entire infinite wisdom of the infinity of the infinite creator. I don't know if that's too crazy for you. That concept scares some people. <clears throat> and they're like, no, no, and they refuse it. Okay, move along. That's where you are in your development right now, so it's not for you. This is not what you need right now. So the cards were made that way, and the churches took that from you. So the cards stayed around underground, and eventually the playing cards that we have were created out of this uh, this esoteric deck. And that way, the, the, it was, you know, the gypsies all over the world that had those, and they would just play cards. They made up games that they would play so that it looked like they were just doing whatever games, and then you had people that then they would read by them. They still meant the same thing, and they still do to this day. Okay, so all that same information is still there for you to glean. You have to understand that the cards are the tool. The cards are the tool that you have decided you need when you read people. So you put the cards down as an aid. And what's actually happening is, uh, just like uh, on the show that we did, uh, you know, last week, where we had people doing cards and, and doing reads, and they were, you know, a couple of them, the girls were shuffling, and cards were jumping out of the deck. They don't ignore that. They put them aside. Those are cards we're going to read. Those cards wanted to get out. Now, <clears throat> subconsciously or superconsciously, as you're shuffling these cards, you are the one who is, is going to be the divinator, right? The divination is going to be what you're doing. The, so what you're, you're the tool. You become the conduit, just like a medium. Literally, the word medium means that. Right? You're, the, you're the interpreter. You're the, the connection between the, both sides of the, of the veil. Okay, so it's the same thing with these cards. So it, depending on what you're going to use them for, healing or giving a reading to someone, or you're trying to figure your own stuff out, all of that information is there in the cards for you to find. So Don, at this point, he's trying to just go, I need to know what it was originally and what it looked like and what all these little things mean. And he's, uh, and he's missing some of the esotericness of the individual. Scientists do that all the time. That's why I dropped out from that, that workforce. And when I was in, you know, into physics, that was my major in college. I wanted to go to, to uh, you know, wanted to work for, you know, go to MIT or work for NASA or something bigger. And then I realized that would just be used no matter what I did. 
I realized that at a young age, so I got out. Before I was before I was in my early 20s, I said, oh, nope, not going to help them. So I stopped doing that and learning their methods and went on to my own and did my own thing and and came to where I am now. And I've, I know a lot. I know more than most scientists do. In fact, I know I would say I would wager that every single mainstream scientist on this planet, unless they are spiritual, I know 10 times to 100 times more about how the universe works than they do. They will never understand it because they don't understand the the spiritual aspect of of this entire universe they don't understand the harmonics they don't understand the vibration they don't understand the sound all those are the same i'm just using different terms they don't understand any of that right hi cheryl i see you guys just have to look down into chat just now all right so let's continue on so so some of this is a little tedious because he keeps asking questions well i see this was that supposed to be there no so should we remove that what should i put in this place and Ra keeps like hinting that, you know, outright saying earlier on and hinting that, look, it's it's up to you to decide. Just like that. Can you give me the measurements of the diameter of the? No. No, because you're supposed to design this. You change the cards. They're coming from you. It's your tool now. You're the conduit. What you want to put on there is fine. It's proper for you. And, and Don's not catching that. Question 96.20. Questioner. In card number three, we will remove all the letters and the stars, and I assume that the little cups around the outside of the rays representing the sun should be removed. Is that correct? Answer, I am Ra. Yes. Question 96.21. Questioner, in card number four, we will remove all the letters and the stars, and it seems that again we have a situation of removing the wand and putting the sphere in the hand. Is that correct? Answer, I am Ra. Again. This is a matter of choice. See, he's he's right there starting off with that. Again, this is a matter of choice, right? But it, but it looks like whoever the artist was, they, they, they put letters and stars up in the sky in just about every, uh, um, you know, um, uh, card. So he was noticing that that was a, a, a motif that the person took, you know, and they decided they liked it or whatever, or put it in there so that it would confuse people. Who knows why they did it? Right. So he was like, yeah, OK, you can take those out. But then when he was like, you know, asking this question right here, should I put, take that wand out and put the sphere in the hand? Is that correct? Again, it's a matter of choice. Let's continue. Though astrological in nature, this particular scepter has possibilities of relevance in the originally intended concept complex. Oh, and I want to cut in really quick because I looked down in the chat and I saw that Peter Coyle was in the audience. Hello, my friend. How are you doing today? This instrument is experiencing some small lack of that distortion which you call proper breathing due to the experience of your near past, as you perceive it. Therefore, as this instrument has requested a substantial enough amount of transferred energy to be retained that it might effect a comfortable re-entry, we shall at this time ask for one more query, after noting the following. We did not complete our statement upon the dimensions of the crux and zeta. It is given in many places. They are decisions to be made as to which drawing of this image is the appropriate one. We may, of course, suggest viewing the so-called Great Pyramid if the puzzle is desired. We do not wish to work this puzzle. It was designed in order that in its own time it be deciphered. In general, of course, this image has the meaning previously stated. Que See, so again, <clears throat> he's saying before we close, <laughs> right? I just wanted to point out that this entire thing, right, we may, of course, suggest viewing the so-called Great Pyramid in this puzzle is if the puzzle is desired, right? 
We do not wish to work the puzzle. It was designed in order that it's, uh, on its own time it would be deciphered. In general, of course, this image has the meaning previously stated. Question 96.22. Questioner, is there anything that we can do to make the instrument more comfortable or to improve the contact? Answer, I am Ra. Continue in harmony, communication, praise, and thanksgiving. We would note that this instrument's distortions would be lessened were it to refrain from the speaking to some extent for a diurnal period or perhaps two if the difficulty remains. We would also recommend against the activity such as running which would cause rapid respiration. This after effect of the greeting is not necessarily long-lasting. However, as this instrument has some blood vessels in the forward regions of the skull, that is, the integument covering the skull, which are greatly swollen at this time and since this instrument has a distortion known as the streptococcal infection, it is best to be full of care for a short period in order that the distortions do not catapult the entity into longer term after effects. All is well. We find the alignment satisfactory. I am Ra. I leave you in the love and light of the Infinite One. Go forth, therefore, rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the One Infinite Creator. Adonai. A diurnal cycle is one day. Diurnal cycle. It's a day. <coughs> Sorry with my voice today. Okay, so that's the end of uh, session 96. For those of you on the MP3 broadcast, you can't see that. So the video will go ahead and start for the next session here in a few seconds. This took place September 9th, 1982. So now here we are, it's loading September 15th, 1982. I am Ra. Session number 97, The Law of One, by Ra, a humble messenger of the Law of One. I greet you in the love and in the light of the One Infinite Creator. We communicate now. Question 97.1 Questioner, could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Answer, I am Ra. It is as previously stated. Question 97.2 Questioner, what is the situation with our fifth density negative friend? Answer, I am Ra. It is as previously stated. And for those of you who just turned tuned in for the very first time when he's referring to there with our fifth density negative friend, that is an assassin that has been hired to kill Carla or disrupt this group in any way possible, preferably killing Carla, who is the person channeling Ra, that is occupying the fifth dimension in the exact same place that they are in, in the third dimension, and crossing over dimensions with energy, attacking psychically Carla, looking for anything that they can exploit within her body. And you heard them suggest that she had, um, you know, a, um, a vein that was too, that was swollen, that was up against her skull, which could, if they used, utilized that, it could make it dangerous for her. If they made that vein explode, it could kill her less with a brain aneurysm. So they, so that's one of the things that she was constantly under psychic attack and they were trying to kill her to stop all of this information. They did everything they could for the entire time to not get this information out to the world. So once I read the books and heard that going on, of course, I had to also get this information out to the world because it's something that we need right now, especially now, because you're at that point now where, where you know, you have to make a choice. And that choice needs to be made soon because it's just it's going to go that way. And eventually you're going to be going down a road you can't turn back from. 
So <clears throat> we're trying to give you guys the tools to make the decision that you need to make. It's yours to make. I'm not trying to sell you a religion. I'm not trying to sell you an ideology. I'm just trying to show you the way the, the universe actually is working and what's been done to you here so that you have those tools freely given so that you can freely make a decision on your own. Every single individual on this earth needs to make their own decision. Question 97.3. Questioner. I've been doing some consideration of the appearance of the hawk and have made this analysis of the birding card number three. The bird is a message from the higher self and the position of the wings on card three, one pointing toward the female, indicates that it is a message to the female acting as catalyst for the mind. The position of the downward wing indicates that the message is of a negative nature or of a nature indicating the inappropriateness of certain mental activity or plans. Would Ra comment on that? Answer, I am Ra. No. Question 97.4. Questioner, is the reason for this lack of comment the first distortion? Answer, I am Ra. This is correct. Question 97.5. Questioner, I have analyzed the hawk that I saw immediately after returning from the house in Atlanta as a message probably from my higher self, indicating that the plan of moving was not the best or not too appropriate since, without the hawk, we would have continued as planned with no added catalyst. This single catalyst of a remarkable nature then, logically, from my point of view, could only mean that there was a message as to the inappropriateness of the plan for some reason yet to be discovered. Would Ra comment on that? Answer, I am Ra. We tread as close as possible to the law of con confusion in suggesting that not all winged creatures have an archetypical meaning. We might suggest that the noticing of shared subjectively notable phenomena is common when, in another incarnational experience, work significant to the service of increased polarity has been shared. These subjectively interesting shared phenomena then act as a means of communication, the nature of which cannot be discussed by those outside of the shared incarnational experience without the interference with the free will of each entity involved in the complex of subjectively meaningful events. See, so <clears throat> here you're saying not every time when you see an animal does it actually mean something, <laughs> right? But, however, uh, it could, and so you should pay attention to that. You know, not, not everything. People start seeing conspiracy theories and everything. Uh, on the other side, you know, they, they say, oh, that's serendipitous, serendipitous. Oh, look at that. Everything means something. Everything means something. And they get too caught up in trying to read what everything means uh, when it doesn't always. You kind of get the idea uh, over time which one does mean something and which one doesn't when you look at things and you can go, yeah, no, not so much. But then there, there's just something about the thing that's supposed to mean something to you. It reaches out to you. It's designed that way in the universe to get your attention. So that you see that and go, wait, right? That's, that's you know, when someone says somebody's name and then right after that somebody who uh, has no relation to that other person you just met so he says the same person's name, you know, that's that's the universe saying something to you, you know? I had that happen to, uh, to me one time when within the course of like three days I had somebody ask me about a buddy of mine and I hadn't talked to him for a few years. And I said, you know what, that's two. And it ended up being three people within three or four days. Um, that mentioned his name and, and asked me how he was doing. And I said, you know what? I don't know. I better go look. The universe was telling me. I got that. The universe was telling me. Three people were asking me, how I, how was how was Russ? Right? That was my buddy Russell. And uh, I went to and found him. And when I did, uh, I was you know really happy to see him. He was really happy to see me. So we started hanging out again. And then a little while later, about a month or two later, he said, you know, I'm glad that you 
um, showed up when you did, I was really in a dark place. He has a lot of depression. And he says, I was actually contemplating suicide. And I'm pretty sure I was going to go through with it this time. And then you came in back into my life and uh, I'm happier. I laugh and you give me, you know, reason to keep going with your energy and you're so positive. And I wanted to thank you for that. So the universe reached out to me and said, you need to go and find him. And I listened to it and I went and did and it made a difference in his life. So small things like that you have to catch, but not everything is something like that. So if you go, I don't know, I think that's something, but you can't, you don't, you know, you get no other validation from it that, you know, that usually means you're still either you're still working on it. You're not ready to know the information, but this is a precursor or just doesn't mean anything at all. You just saw a random bird because they had this wildlife that lives on this planet. So if you're looking in the air long enough, you're going to see a hawk while you're driving. It doesn't necessarily mean that it appeared there just for you. It could have been the guy next to you in the car over there or the woman in front of you in the car over there that needed to see that for some other reason. Right? Not everything is revolving around you as an individual. We have an entire ecosystem, and, and right now close to 8 billion, trillion, 8 trillion people on the planet. Right? Question. And that's just this planet. 97.6. Questioner, can Ra tell us the source of the unusual odor in this room this morning? Answer, I am Ra. There are two components to this odor. One is, as has been surmised, the decomposing physical vehicle of one of your second density rodentia. The second is an elemental which is attempting to take up residence within the putrefying remains of this small creature. The cleansing of the room and the burning of the incense has discouraged the elemental. The process of decomposition shall, in a short period of your space-time, remove the less than harmonious sensations provided for the nose. <laughs> Think about that. Okay, so there was some, some dead rodent under the house that was dying and, and was decomposing, and that doesn't take long. And once that's done, the smell goes away. That's what he was saying. Um, but yet there was a, a, a elemental from a sub-level that was trying to take up residency in the house and then doing what they did in cleansing and burning the incense discouraged uh, that elemental, right? I mean, think about that. So that kind of stuff goes on, guys. It's stuff that happens that we don't even pay attention to most of the time. That skill set's been taken from us on purpose so that we have no idea that this is happening. That's how everybody on this planet got stuck to begin with because the powers that should not be changed the narrative and took control of the matrix and changed everything and made this caste system set up to take everything away from you so that you only learned what they taught you when they wanted to teach you, and that's it. They're in charge of your education system, and the education system in this country, and I would wager around the world, is probably similar. It is no longer education. It is indoctrination. Look into that. Question 97.7. Questioner, I find myself presently in a difficult position of decision primarily because of the appearance of the aforementioned hawk upon our return from Atlanta. The only objective of any value at all is the work that we are doing which includes not only the contact but communication and dissemination of this material to those who might request it. Since a move was connected with that, and since the hawk was, to me, obviously a function of that process, I am presently in a quandary with respect to the optimal situation since I have not yet definitely decided on the significance of the hawk or the advantages or the efficaciousness of the move and do not want to create any process which is basically irreversible if it is going to result in a lack of our ability to be of service to those who would seek that which we are able to manifest in our efforts. Would Ra comment on that situation? Answer, I am Ra. 
the questioner presumes much, and to comment is an infringement upon its free will. We may suggest the pondering of our previous comments regarding the winged creatures of which you speak. We repeat that any place of working, properly prepared by this group, is acceptable to Ra. The discrimination of choice is yours. Question 97.8 Questioner, are there any items in the first four cards not of Ra's intention that we could remove to present a less confusing card as we make our new drawings? See, I wanted to point out right there that, that Ra said it's free will. The questioner presumes much, and to comment, it is, it is, a, um, it is an infringement upon its free will. Right? It's free will. Not yours, but its. Now, why is that important? Why did I stop that? Why is it important? Because your free will suggests that you are independent and one separate from the universe its free will suggests that you are part of the one part of the universe going back hearkening back to when Ra said imagine for a moment that you are a thought not you are a creation of the one true creator as an individual outside of the parameters of everything and that you are one person an individual that's not it at all you are still a part of the source that means we're all connected that means you're not as individual as you think you are that's an illusion in this place you're only I'm only we're all only everything is only a thought of the creator creating that scenario in the creator's psyche or in the creator's mind if you take a look uh, I have up on my um, page and I have a video that I'll be posting for ancient aliens worldwide soon because they're about to hit 280,000 members and in that I show a picture of the universe and a picture of a brain cell and they're identical I suggested this uh, when we were talking on the World Earth Day tour for people to ponder when I did my presentation. That it is just as likely that we are a thought inside the mind of the Creator as it is that we are on the outside of something in a universe on a planet rotating around a star. Just as likely. In fact, the more evidence we gain as we actually have more understanding of the universe, the more we realize we are not actually without, we are actually within something. Quite possibly a single cell in the mind of the true creator. That'll blow your mind, right? But we have free will to do whatever we want because that is how this creation was created set up so that you, me, and everybody will have our own independent thought, independent experience, because that is us being playing out one, sim one little teeny scenario, each of us, in the larger scheme of the infinite, in infinite ideas or infinite experiences, 
however large that is, and however many of these individual experiences have been made up to make up every single possible experience that there is, and then we all interact with one another, which changes our experience again. So over and over and over again, we're all having changes to every experience that we're experiencing as we're experiencing that near and around people who are also experiencing the same thing we are. From a different place, different perspective, and from their own experience, they have a different take on the same thing we see at the exact same time. I've talked about that many times. So that'll blow your mind. Let's continue. Answer, I am Ra. We find much material in this query which would constitute repetition. May we suggest repraising the query? Question 97.9. Questioner, possibly I didn't phrase that the way I meant to. We had already determined the items that should be removed from the first four cards and my question was, had I missed anything that should be removed that was not of Ra's original intention? Answer, I am Ra. We shall repeat our opinion that there are several concepts which, in each image, are astrologically based. However, these concepts are not without merit within the concept complex intended by Ra, given the perception by the student of these concepts in an appropriate manner. We wish not to form that which may be considered by any mind, body, spirit complex to be a complete and infallible series of images. There is a substantial point to be made in this regard. We have been, with the questioner's aid, investigating the concept complexes of the great architecture of the archetypical mind. To more clearly grasp the nature, the process, and the purpose of archetypes, Ra provided a series of concept complexes. In no way whatsoever should we, as humble messengers of the one infinite creator, wish to place before the consideration of any mind, body, spirit complex which seeks its evolution the palest tint of the idea that these images are anything but a resource for working in the area of the development of the faith and will. To put this into perspective we must gaze then at the stunning mystery of the one infinite creator. The archetypical mind does not resolve any paradoxes or bring all into unity. This is not the property of any source which is of the third density. Therefore, may we ask the student to look up from inward working and behold the glory, the might, the majesty, the mystery, and the peace of oneness. Let no consideration of bird or beast, darkness or light, shape or shadow keep any which seeks from the central consideration of unity. We are not messengers of the complex. We bring the message of unity. In this perspective only may we affirm the value to the seeker of adepthood of the grasping, articulating, and use of this resource of the deep mind exemplified by the concept complex of the archetypes. <clears throat> okay, so he basically, they, Ra, basically just said in that paragraph what I just said prior. Same, same concept, right? Same exact thing. So what I was just rambling on about, I was getting ahead of myself once again. I said it, I said it in modern American English so that you could understand it. Ra just said the same thing, right? So it's all there because we are having that experience and that's what we're here to do and we're also here to learn things as we go so that we can ascend back to the one right and then in doing so we're bettering ourselves we're bettering our entire species we're bettering our entire oneness and then eventually going back and returning to the one and therefore bettering strengthening and in and expanding the one true creator do you understand 
So the entire creation, who knows what's outside of that, right? I mean, if it, if it turns out that we are uh, literally a subatomic particle that is in the mind of the creator, you know, who is this creator that we're in the mind of? Is that like one individual? Where does that stop? Right. So is every individual. So are we inside our own head? Is that what's going on? So you, me, everybody, we are the creator. And we are we're what we're daydreaming. And this is our daydream that it's playing out. And we're focusing on the daydream right now. And the only way the daydream can play out individually uh, is the daydream has to believe that the daydream is someone that is real. And to keep continuing to do that, you have to be mind wiped. You can't remember that you are the one. Because that will interfere with your experience happening naturally. Do you understand? So you have to actually not think that you are who you are. But, but see, me telling you that is, is not against the law of one. Because if it was, I wouldn't be able to tell you that. Right? So the reason that I'm telling you this is because this hive mind complex has trapped itself and gotten stuck. So because of that, that opens the door for reality to seep in. So that's why you can gain the knowledge. I can tell you, listen, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. Everyone is stuck here because the powers that should not be, uh, who are in, think they're in charge of this planet, think they own it, working with the Draco, that's the lizard people that live inside the, the planet, want to keep us this way because they get energy from our fear and they also feed on us. They're like the Murloc was in the... In the uh, uh, the 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 book of um, I was just thinking about it, talking about it yesterday. Uh, well, the uh, time machine, right? So the the book or the movie, the time machine, the Murlocs are the people that lived underground, and they fed on the pretty humans that lived up on the on the on the top of the earth. But they got that information away from them, so they have no idea what's going on. All they know is that at a certain age, when the alarm goes off. A certain number of people that are the oldest walk over and go into the caves and the cave door is closed. And then they all get murdered, cut up and eaten, cooked and eaten. But they don't have that, that memory, so they're just like lambs to the slaughter. They just walk right on in thinking that they're graduating to go inside, and they are. They're graduating to go inside to be eaten. Right? And, and of course, he finds that out because he has the time machine. He sees that and then, he, you know, all that scenario. So, you know, so that's crazy. So that, so that was what was done to the people here. And because of that, the souls here cried out, and those of us who are wanderers volunteered to come here. And that's why I can tell this information, because the people who are indigenous here, who are not ready to wake up, or the people who are, uh, you know, are, um, you know, are not, not from here, but they are here now, that are still also not ready to wake up, they will not listen to this. They will not hear it at all. It is insane. It is crazy. I'm a crazy lunatic, and they will change the channel and deny and not even pay attention to me as if I was talking the craziest thing on the face of the earth. This is not for them. This information is not for them. This information is for all wanderers who find my voice and hear me around the world. This information is for all people, indigenous or non-indigenous, who are here who are ready to wake up. Or you're waking up, and I make sense to you now. Because you're vibrating at a level where you actually see or hear or feel that what I'm saying to you is the truth. That's who I'm speaking to. I'm not trying to convince the whole planet. Right? I was talking to a, a, a guy I just met last month, and we're friends now, and he said, we, we need to not 
try to wake up the sheeple, we need to wake up the lions. And I said, that's what we've been doing for a couple years now. We've made that decision. Even the people in the ancient alien hunting people have decided to stop talking aliens to people because it's the same. They're, tur- they're tuning out and turning off. So the only way that we can do that is to wake up the lions. So now we're talking spirituality. And we made that change like three or four years ago. And even longer than go than that, some of my friends, like Neil Gore from Portal to Ascension. You should look those guys up at portaltoascension.org. He realized that, and then I started realizing that, and a bunch of other people, and then everyone started realizing we got, we need to go over here to the uh, to the ascending part because those people who are ready are will wake up, and those people who are wanderers want to wake up because that's what their mission is to do, to wake up, to fulfill what they came here for, whether it was just to be here and be positive and never really make a difference because they, they, they couldn't or didn't want to contribute in that way. It doesn't matter. Just their being here on the planet, your being here if you're a good person, helps raise the vibration. Even if you're here for the first time and you've already chosen to be in service to others, your good vibration helps. Okay, so eventually when we wake up enough of these lions, which are the the wanderers and the and the and the uh, people who uh, are about to wake up or are waking up or already woke, but don't understand what what they're what could they can do. This gives them the the path me and so uh, however many other millions uh, or maybe even billions out there that are actually trying to make a difference like I am purposely because we know who we are. There are some people that just know they're driven to do that. That doesn't mean that they're wanderers. doesn't mean they're not wanderers. It just means that that soul is driven at, to be in service to others. And some of them, most of them, when they're driven like that, it turns out they are wanderers, and they came through, and they have more of a passion to help. And some of them are just good people, and they help, right? You have that happen. Look at, look at uh, Aaron Rodgers and what he's done for the state of California during the, the pandemic and prior to that when we had fires out here. He took a lot of his own money because he's from here. He's from, from Northern California, and he went to college at, at Berkeley in the San Francisco Bay Area, Cal Berkeley, right? And he was at UC Davis, I believe, for a while. He was, I think he grew up up here, and I think it was Davis. Don't quote me, but it was up here somewhere close to where I am. I'm just outside of Sacramento, and he was a little bit further north. So he's from here, and so he donated his money to help the people in this area of California, the whole state, they were devastated by wildfires to help them get back on their feet. And then since COVID, he's donated a lot of his time and money uh, again to uh, to get money for the small businesses that are going out of, out of business. He even went on to Jeopardy to be a guest host. And, they, and for him being on there for the week, they donated a certain amount of money matching whoever won the day uh, of, matching what those people won as a donation to his, uh, his group. It wasn't, I don't think he made it, but it was who he was representing uh, to donate money to. And I believe he donated some money as well. I think he matched it. Don't quote me on that. I don't know for certain, but I heard rumor about that. But I know for sure that they donated the money because he said that at the end of the week, this is how much money that they're donating to this cause. And that was to help small businesses, restaurants and things like that um, around, you know, see people who own stuff. So he's just a good soul, whether he's a wanderer or not. I haven't really looked at him long enough or talked to him to find out. But he, either way, he's a very positive and has a positive influence. He's taken the money that he's made and the fame that he's made as a football star. And he's used that. Many other people do it, too. I'm just, uh, he was just for one because I'm from California, and so is he. So many, many people do that in the sports industry. They give back to their communities, and they want to. Those are good people, right? Those are people who like doing that. Right. So they're using their platform to be able to do that. So that's what you know, when when um, 
uh, Jacqueline was talking uh, at the summit. She was talking about living the law of one. It's the same thing. It's like Opus Dei does uh, in reality for the Catholic Church, where they show people how you can serve the one or God or whatever you want to call that entity in your everyday life, just being a positive influence. Like if you guys watch the stuff that I have uh, on that I show on my, um, I should go back to that because we're up at the hour anyway. So let me go out of here and I'll, and I'll go over here to the, the, the uh, slideshow that I show. Um, when you see like we.org, right? I don't get paid money for those people, but I like the, what they do. So I support them by showing you guys uh, that to hopefully get you guys interested and in go and look there. Because their, their slogan is, we, we make doing good doable. So, they have, so they're teaching kids to do the right thing and to do good things by helping communities go and pick up litter or, or help them. Like in this one that I have show on here, they're, they're getting water. They're, they're, you know, and then you have UbuntuPlanet.org, what you see right here. Uh, that's a, not only a political movement, but it's an ideology on well, how to get off of the dollar, how to get off money. So you should go and take a look at that, UbuntuPlanet.org, right? That's, that's something that's, uh, that is, is, you know, very, very strong in that. And here's we and here's their symbol. And you can see that as, as it goes here. These are, I don't get paid for this. These are just people that I endorse because I like their energy and I like what they're doing. There's a couple more I have to add to this that I haven't added that I've seen that I agree with. Um, you know, so I'm not getting paid by these people at all. Like here, let's see, they, we, we walk for water. You know, for those of you who are on the MP3 podcast, you can't see these pictures. But there's all these people. And so they did a walkathon to, to put the proceeds to getting water to people. So it says, we making, doing, good, doable. And that's what they're teaching kids. Positive affirmation, positive things that you can do to help raise the vibration of this planet and do good to help people uh, in need. That's why you have people that go on, uh, you know, to, to I don't know what they're, the places, the things are called, but they go all over the world to help people. And I can't think of what they're called. Like uh, Amnesty International is one. I can't think of all the other ones that they do, but they go around the world and they help people in places that need help. Those are people that volunteer their time because they're good people. They're in service to others. Right. And if you're not, you're in service to self. And if you're in service to self, then you're, you know, then then that's where the issue is. And then, you know, and people let's talk about that for a minute, because people tend to um, who misdiagnose the difference between ego and narcissism. Like narcissism drives ego, um, and it's and it's not really that way, but it does. It's not the same thing. Ego, we all have an ego. Whether you're a good person or a bad person, you have an ego. The ego in you, the problem that we have here in the West is that we, we call it the ego. We should be calling it the id because the ego is only one aspect of what's actually going on in your psyche. There's, there's dual aspect in your psyche. That's the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. That represents the id. And the id is is the ego on one side is saying, do this, you know, you want, I want that. It's propagating um, things like uh, lust and greed and, um, and you know, things like that. Well, I, well, how come he has one? I want one. Those kind of, of negative uh, feelings. And, you know, I should take that. I should just take what I want. And then you have the other side of the id, which is your conscience, not your consciousness, but your conscience saying, no, wait, that's not right. You know that that's not right. You wouldn't want someone to do that. Don't cheat. Don't steal. Don't, you know, don't have sex with your brother's wife or your, you know, this is what was, uh, you know, written down in the commandments. 
it was literally just that dichotomy of right and wrong. So the ego in and of itself, we over here in the West call it ego, and that's just one half. It's the id, and people don't, don't even realize there's that other half, and that's your conscience. That doesn't come into play. No one even speaks of that when they're talking about ego here in the West, and I'm not sure if they do that anywhere else and around the world. But they're missing out on the whole dual aspect of it, the, the aspect of the, the positive and negative of every decision that you make. So we all need the ego to make decisions because it forces us to grow and it gives us the temptation that we have to then choose between to make the right choice. We either choose to listen to the ego and go down the wrong path or we choose to go, "Mm, that's an option, but I don't need to do that. I think I should do this. That's your conscience, right, coming into play saying, hold on, that's not the right decision. You weigh those out and you choose. You choose the path that you're going to lead. No one else. Everyone likes to blame themselves as a victim. That's the ego. I am a victim and it's not my fault. And it was everyone's society, my parents. All of those people made me bad, so I was bad. No. They did bad things to you and you chose to go down that path and be angry not rise above it and make changes in your life so that you wouldn't be what they did. You change the pattern. Now, a narcissistic person is a person that listens to that ego more because they're narcissistic. That is a person that is in service to self. If you're in service to self, then you make those choices. Everything is about you and not the whole or the one. And some of us ride somewhere in between that. And we do that until we gain control of the ego and some people never understand that portion to where your id is there to help you to grow and you're in depending on what you choose if you're evil you don't care about any of that it doesn't make any sense to you it doesn't doesn't even come into your mind because it's about me it's about me and what i want who cares what you want okay that's that's evil that's what the universe calls evil okay Otherwise, you're good, and that means you're in service to others, and you care about other people, and you like to help people, and you want to help people, and that's just that's just foreign to those people who are narcissistic. So a narcissistic person doesn't necessarily just, well, I have an ego, and other people don't. No, you do what you want. You feed it. You live by it. You don't gain control of it. The ego gets control of you, and it makes you that way, pulling you down to that spiral, to that anti, to the wrong place, to the dark place. You're, you choose that. You don't get beaten into submission in, in your immortal soul. You make concessions so that those people who are mean and evil don't do mean and evil things to you to survive. That doesn't necessarily mean that that is who you are forever. And you know that deep down. So you don't admit it because you would rather say, I'm only doing this because I was told to, I'm, I'm, I was made this way, and it's not my fault, and I don't want to fix it because that means I have to own up to some of my shit. It's the same way on the other side. The only way that any of that works is that you do eventually own up to your own crap. That's what happens. That's how you do that. So a narcissist isn't an egomaniac, but they kind of are, and an egomaniac isn't necessarily a narcissist. Right. That's only one half of the id that everyone doesn't pay attention to. We always focus more on the negative than we do the positive for some reason. 
And I think that has to do with the powers that should not be trying to force that hand. That's why they took away all the positive from you. Free thinking, uh, you know, intuition, any, any free learning. No, 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 you can't do that. Right. I got yelled at when I was in school because I was bored waiting for all the kids to catch up. And I said, can I go ahead? My teacher says, no, you can't. And I said, why not? And she said, because without my teaching, you won't understand what's happening. I said, really? Okay, you're right. I won't go ahead. That was a lie. I went ahead anyways. Okay. And then she got mad when she found out that I went ahead. And I said, am I wrong? Did I get misled by my own self and I didn't understand this? And she said, no, but that doesn't always happen. Okay, but it did. But you don't know that that's going to be that way in life. I won't unless I try it. Do you see? I wouldn't let her stifle me. I refused. And I went ahead anyways. Right? Then I decided that I was taking too long through high school and I wanted to get out. So I decided to take what we have out here. I don't know if it's in the rest of the nation or around the world. But we have what's called the GED, which is the, the general education uh, exam. That is the equivalent to high school diploma. If you can answer all these questions and you score high enough on this, then you already know what you need to know to graduate and you get to, you get to graduate early. So I said, this is taking too long. I want to take the GED. And I showed up the, to, to the class, started listening to everything they were teaching, asked the, for the criteria of when we were going to learn what. And the teacher said, why? And I said, because the only thing I don't understand is a little bit of the algebra. So could you tell me the days that you're going to teach algebra and I'll be here for that? And she said to me, you're, you're literally only going to come here for like three days. You think you're going to be able to pass this test, the total test? And I said, yes, absolutely. I said, I know that I'm deficient in this one category alone. I skipped over algebra and went straight into geometry and, and on from there. Well, how did you get into the fractals of, of you know, when you got up into calculus and in the, in the, above that? Because they're guesstimations at that point. You don't have to know the X, Y, and the Z. That's just a game. So I, I, the only thing I have to learn, I already knew that. The only thing I have to learn is the positive negative integers. When you add and subtract positive and negative integers, I need to be more focused and understand how that works, right? So I want to make sure that it's not counting up and counting down, that it's counting however that works. I need to know that. So that part I skipped over, and I never needed that. You get up into the higher fractals, you don't need that anymore. That you only need when you're doing when you're counting by 10 anyway. When you count by 12, you don't need any of that because it takes away all the fractals. So there are no fractions. But I didn't understand that at the time. I learned that later. So now when somebody does that, I just go, no, let's just use the 12 you know, system, not 10. Everything by 10 is easy, right? Because 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100, and then 110, 120, 130. You just add the number and add another number behind it and then add a zero. Add a couple zeros, keep adding zeros. It's really easy for people to get. So you can be a Neanderthal and still get that. You can, be, you can teach a monkey to count. You can teach a, a lizard to count. Maybe not a lizard. Okay, so 12 is a little bit harder unless you unless you get the rhythm down, right? But if you have a calculator, it doesn't really matter. Calculator, guess two, people, whether you know that or not. Your calculator doesn't calculate to the to the nearest unless you tell it to do that. Otherwise, it guesstimates because <laughs> that's what math is. It's fuzzy. They just guesstimate these days. I can do that in my head. Drove people nuts. When I was working in the pool and spa industry and we were trying to calculate this pool, uh, myself and a buddy of mine who was who the t- was the teacher who taught uh, all the stuff that we needed to know. He and I were standing there in our head talking about it and talking about the water and doing the calculations and what size, uh, uh, you know, uh, pipes we would need with a what size pump and what size filter and, and all of this stuff and whether we needed kickbacks and how many we needed to, to slow the flow or, or raise the flow and whether we were going to condense or whatever. 
And my boss was standing there and says, what, do, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we're calculating what we need to change here. And he was like, Wait, you're not even like on a calculator or writing it down. We're like, well, no, it's all in our head. Well, wh- how do you know you're right? Because we are, because that's what we do. Right. And so he was like, wait a minute, start over. And he pulled out a calculator and he started, we started talking about giving him numbers and giving him equations. And he, and then he goes, okay. And the answer is, and we both said, whatever the answer was, you know, the time was a two and a half horsepower with a three quarter inch pipe, uh, uh, reducing to a half inch pipe and, and throwing an extra kickback on the top because of the pressure of the water when we were changing it. And it would be exactly this. And he was like, that's exactly what I came up with on the calculator. And we're like, of course. So you guys just did that in your head while you were talking to each other. And we're like, yeah, (laughs) right? So, you know, that's kind of the stuff that you can accomplish when you actually understand what's going on. But the whole thing starts with what? Not allowing them to, to, to stifle your creativity. Not allowing them to stifle your thoughts of, I can do this. I don't need these people to tell me everything. I just need them to make sure that I'm not going off the rails, right? That's all. So they didn't want you learning the Bible because they didn't want you interpreting that stuff yourself because it, in and of itself is just as esoteric as everything else. It's there for you to interpret and to learn. The ones that are obvious are obviously there, right? The, the guy says to his son, neither a lender or a borrower be. Why is that, Dad? He, you know, It's because people who borrow money from you don't borrow money from people because then you're in their debt and they might come after you. Right, because you're not paying it back fast enough. So now you owe someone, and they may say, "Well, how about you do this for me instead?" And then you get yourself into trouble. And never be a lender, because if you lend money to people and they don't pay it back, now you're out that money, and you have to figure out how to get it back from them. And if it's a friend or a family member, there you go. It's common sense. Do you understand? So those things are there on the surface for people to see. That's obvious. The Ten Commandments are also. You look at them. It's a, you know, it's a parody in in right and wrong. You look at it and go, "Yeah, actually, that's right." I mean, that's just common sense. But we, we in the industry have a saying, it's only common when everyone has it. Do you see? So they don't want you learning what they can't control because you might learn something. This harkens back to what? The Garden of Eden again. That whole story doesn't make any sense. First of all, it's just supposed to be Adam and Eve. They're the only two. But after they screw up and get kicked out of the garden, then they go out and all of a sudden they have children. They have sons and daughters. And, and then all of a sudden those sons and daughters have wives and husbands. Wait, what? Where'd they come from? Were they already out there? If they were already out there, how many people are already out there? Never, never mind that now. Never mind that now. The original sin is what we're talking about in the story. The women created the original sin, and that's why they have childbirth pains. Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on, hit the brakes, explain this. What was the original sin? Well, the original sin was that you were in the Garden of Eden and you ate from the Tree of Knowledge. Wait, so there was a knowledge that God, who's supposed to be the all-knowing, all-seeing God, had that we weren't supposed to know. And because Eve ate that fruit and gained knowledge, she then looked at Adam and said, you need to eat this. And he said, why? And she said, trust me, you eat this, you're going to know. He ate it. And, but what they say in the Bible is, and then they knew they were naked in the eyes of the Lord. So that's the only reason they give you. So Adam and Eve gained the knowledge that they were naked. And that so pissed off God that he said, threw them out of his garden. And no human has ever been able to go there because Eve was the first one that did it. Now you guys have the penalty of, of every time you go into childbirth, you have pain. Oh, yeah, and, the, and the, the snake 
the serpent who slithered in on his belly and spoke to Eve and convinced her to eat that for his peril in the whole thing. God decided to make him a snake, a serpent for the rest of his life, but he's already a serpent. So the story doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Unless that one being who was supposed to be God was not, in fact, the true creator of the universe, who has given us all free will. That story was there to tell you, do what we say. And I say to you, you can't learn anything on your own because you're not smart enough or wise enough to figure it out. Let me, caste system, where there's someone in charge above you, and not you, will tell you what you need to know, and only what you need to know. Sound familiar? Your parents, your school, your job, the military, the government, everybody. Caste system. Rich ruling elite in charge of the knowledge that is given to the poor. Do you understand? As above, so below. I say this all the time. That's a lie. As above, so below. As without, so within is a lie. It's told backwards on purpose so that you think there's a caste system where someone is, is better, stronger, more suited to create the universe than you. The truth is it's as within, right? As below, so above. As within, so without. That's the way it was supposed to be told, but they changed that because everything has to be dictated towards a hierarchy. Do you understand? So the whole story of Adam and Eve is backwards and upside down on purpose because it's trust in the church, trust in us to be your elders, and we'll tell you the right thing always. Don't think for yourself. Don't do anything outside the box. Just listen to us, and we'll feed you full of everything you need to know that's right and wrong. Do you see? Jesus was teaching outside the box. Mohammed was teaching outside the box. John the Baptist was teaching outside the box. Who else? Many, many other figures. Ra in Egypt was teaching outside the box. Weird thing that Ra said that they were here on earth as Ra. And if you go back in history, Ra, the king at the time, the pharaoh, was teaching of the one true creator of the universe, taking away from the many gods that the Egyptians had prior, and the people rebelled against it. Wow, we can't have this. What's he talking about? Craziness. So they got rid of Ra as soon as they could and, and went back to the old ways as soon as they could, and they've stayed that way since. Look into that. It's the truth. So when Ra said, we were here, we walked among your people, the Ra in Egypt was teaching the same thing that Ra, who claimed they were here, was teaching. But it got corrupted quickly, and they didn't like it. Why? Because they're teaching outside of the mainstream, no caste system. Jesus was saying, you don't need to go to that church to have God hear you. We're at the serpent on the mount, or the serpent on the mount, the sermon on the mount. Is that, is that, a, is that a metaphor right there that come out like a, like a, a Freudian slip, right? So the, the sermon on the mount is him saying, look, we're right here. God hears us. Muhammad preached the same thing in the desert all the time. They tried to kill both of them. They got Jesus. He allowed them to catch him. Muhammad said, no, I'm going to ascend. You don't get to do this. <laughs> right? So this, you know, the, the, the Jesus factor, and then, of course, they got John the Baptist. We know that. And they chopped his head off, if you know anything about the Bible. Herod had his head chopped off. So they were sacrificed so that that sacrifice, and even, and even uh, um, Muhammad's ascension, 
that sacrifice riddled down and out to the rest of the world and is still here 2,000 years later. And there's many other stories. So it's raw, which is a couple thousand years behind that. You know, there are, there are at least 12 that I'm aware of Jesus factor storylines on this planet from all over going, you know, back 50,000, 75,000, 125,000 years in cultures around the world in all their tombs or all their dusty tomes. Their scrolls, their sacred rocks. Okay? To where the story is the same. The story is the same. That's very important. No story is told the same down through history any place else other than that Jesus story. The name changes, but the exact events stay the same. Why is that? There can only be one reason why that is. That story was meant to be told exactly the way it is. Every other story gets uh, embellished on. That's the grapevine. That's how we humans do that. We listen. We Ellen DeGeneres has on her show, The Game of Games. One of them is just that, the grapevine. You don't get to hear what the person hears. You have headphones on with music, and all you can do is read their lips. And she and it's funny because she'll say a whole phrase that's even kind of hard to say to, re- to repeat. It's dumb on purpose. Then the person has to turn around uh, and yell it to their uh, family member who has to turn around, yell it to another one, and yell it to another one, yell it to another one. The grapevine goes on for about, I think it's five people, four or five people. And, and, and then they, the last one has to come back and say what they heard. And then they count up how many words they actually got right from the original uh, uh, paragraph that's read to them or that's spoken to them. So we interpret things uh, depending on our perspective and our state of mind at the time and our experiences in life. And then when we turn around and tell somebody something without realizing we're doing it, we change the narrative slightly and don't repeat the same thing. Now, we do that in books, too. They're only, you know, scribes were scribes because they were capable of not changing anything and they would rewrite every book letter for letter line for line word for word paragraph for paragraph chapter for chapter so that everything was identical they were the xerox machines the copy machines of the time and that's what they did they dedicated their lives to do that to make it perfect so that the books we had continued in history until we had machines that did the same thing and now the internet that records the same thing okay but that's rare Usually when stories are told, they change. So that's the only story that even with scribes didn't change, just the name and the place. But the whole metaphor, the whole archetype, if you will, stayed intact even to now. So going back hundreds of thousands of years on this earth, the only storyline that has been told over and over and over and over, and then we still have the history of it. Everything else has changed. Everything else is twisted slightly. Sister, twisted sister, get it? It's a good rock band from the 80s and 90s. Just like the Judeo-Christian Bible in and of itself, especially the New Testament. During the First and Second Council of Nicaea, they took out more than 40 books that were supposed to be in the in the the Bibles that were brought together from all the churches, the Eastern Orthodox, uh, Western Orthodox, Southern Orthodox, churches brought all their bibles together and they just dismantled them and made up a whole new bible out of the ones they wanted for the narrative they wanted and then said destroy everything else that's how we got the dead sea scrolls and a few other scrolls that we found 
because somebody skirted those off and said no, like the Gnostic Gospels and the Gospel of Mary Magdalene and that kind of stuff. No, this needs to be hid in, in, in history for antiquity, and some of that stuff is being found. And we hear tell there's even more out there. There's legends of even more out there that we will eventually find and that we're supposed to find. Okay, so all of this, how does this have to do with anything? This is the predicament that you, me, and everyone on this planet is in. Those people back however long ago, hundreds of thousands of years ago, could have even been millions, took control of the narrative because they understood this matrix that we live in, and that is that we are all a thought. We're a piece, a part of the one. We're all the same. You and I are all connected. The only the only way that we're disconnected right now is by our own perception of who and what we are because we're having individual experiences and because of that that shaped me into this what I am and that shaped you into what you are but on a higher 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 level you and I are exactly the same just like we are on a subatomic level we're exactly the same. There's no difference in your molecules than there are in mine, your atoms than there are in mine. We could mix them and blend them on a subatomic level, and you wouldn't. That's the weirdness of that. Quantum weirdness, they call it. Is that you can't tell the difference between anybody or anything, the air we breathe, right? And the scientists are now starting to realize that gr- what gravity is, but it's only those who are spiritual. And the gravity is like the Jedi talk about, the mitochondrials. It is alive. It is living, breathing, thinking, and it is everything that binds us all together. It's in everything, around everything, around all of us, space, everywhere. And it's there, and it's alive, and it is something, and it's thinking. What is that? Is that the ganglia within the brain cell of the one where we reside? Right? So we don't know. We're not able to know that yet because we're still here in the third dimension, which is just the you know third one from the bottom, right? Or second one if you count one, then go two, three, two up from the bottom. Or nothingness would be the first, right? So zero, one, two, three. We're level three in an expanding universe of infinite wisdom, infinite knowledge, infinite love, total, complete infinity of the one true Creator. No matter how you want to look at it, you can call that creator anything you want, right? doesn't matter. That's just a name. That's personal to you. So it doesn't really matter. That's what they don't want you to do. They want you to pick a side, pick a place, get your butt in their chairs, give them money so they can make billion-dollar corporations, so they can make billion-dollar big giant buildings for people to go to and have their pope wear a million-dollar hat or whatever they call their deity in their specific fracture of the way. Do you see? They're all trying to what? Conquer the planet. They want to get everybody under one guise. Back in the day, each one of those religions would kill people to get them in unless they were created in the 19th or 20th century. Any religion that was created before that had a time when they would murder you if you didn't convert. The Christians love to point out that that's what the Muslims do and did. Who do you think taught them that? The Christians did. During the Crusades, in the beginning, the Christians taught the Muslims that. Muslims didn't murder people if you didn't convert to their, to their uh, religious ideology until the Christians did it to them. 
then they did it back, and then they kept doing it. The Christians still kind of do it, but they pretend they don't. They pretend that they're righteous and holier than thou, but they'll still come to your country if you're a, a different religion and bomb you back into the Stone Age into submission under the guise of, well, we're trying to teach them how they should be living and modernize them into the modern world. The British and the Spanish said the same thing when they used to go and kill and murder people and try to convert them and force them into their religion or their way of life. There's no difference. Technology doesn't mean you're wise. Technology is just that. In fact, our technological advancements are, are, are getting to us. We're finding them faster than we are our humanity or our spiritualism to be able to, to manufacture these things and not harm ourselves. Right. So that's why I took an outside influence to slow that progress so that we could spiritually catch up to where we were technologically. And that's where we are now. Now that's where we are now. And this is what Ra was trying to show us. They were trying to tell us back then. If you listen to anything they're saying, the underlying information that you gain day in and day out, session by session, is that exactly what I just said to you. We were stuck by the powers that should not be. They changed the narrative, gained control of the matrix, and kept everybody from graduating until they got to a point where they were stuck so long that their immortal soul reached out for help, which is a, a contingency that the one creator, the one true creator, put into place in case something happened, uh, whatever random event that could possibly come up that would get people stuck eventually those souls would say wait we're stuck we need help we can't we're, we can't get out and then other souls say all right I will go back to help right so does that mean that the, that's the creator having a headache <laughs> right and other another brain cells heading to that that place to or what you know who knows right who knows however that's what's going on. So I'm not doing this because I'm trying to get rich. I wouldn't be talking about this. This is so fringe. Most people think I'm crazy. The only people who don't are the ones who are in a place to where they actually understand what I'm saying. And they go, yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, okay, bro. <laughs> yeah, way to go. You're on to it. And, you know, are we all crazy, those of us who, who, who get to this place? No, we know that we're not. It's just those other people will deny any of the knowledge that's not for them. They're not ready for it. Some of the people that are here um, – don't need to graduate because they're here for the first time or the second or the third. They haven't learned everything they're supposed to learn. It takes somewhere close to between seven and ten lifetimes on a normal scale, like Occam's Razor, if all things are equal, then they would graduate between seven and ten lifetimes and they would move up. Well, that doesn't happen right now because you're not allowed to. Right? That's the soul trap of the, of the uh, Draco that keeps you recycling over and over and over forever until it's defeated. And how is that defeated? <clears throat> Simply by people overwhelming the matrix and changing it back to the way it's supposed to. Change the beginning back to the way it was. Right? So you don't get stuck here. So we're not waking up a sheeple. So if you hear me and you, and you go, oh, you're, that guy's nuts, move along. It's not for you. I'm not going to judge you. It's just that's where you are in your development. One day... You too will be here. May not be this lifetime, maybe tomorrow. Your development is directly related to your own spirituality and the path that you have chosen for yourself. I'm just here to put tools on the table for anyone who can see them or anyone who can hear them. If you understand what I'm saying and it resonates with you, it's because you're ready for this information. 
that's why you found me or someone like me somewhere else. And then you happen upon me as well. And you're like, hey, he's talking like that other guy or that other woman. And they're saying the kind of the same thing. Maybe I should look into it more. That's because that's our job. That's why we're here. I'm a wanderer. I came back here to do what I'm doing. And I've been doing it and I'll continue doing it until these people who want to graduate from here can. And then I'll move on back to where I came from. And I'll continue my own journey. <coughs> but I'm also doing that while I'm here. Do you see? Because I'm redoing this journey over and over and over again. And that's actually, there's, every time you do it, there's more to learn. You never learn everything. There's never an end. Like everyone laughs about, there's going to be an end to the, inter, to the uh, um, uh, internet. You've learned everything there is on the internet. You've looked at every single site. There's, no, there's none of that happening in the universe either. There's not going to be a signpost that's going to come up and say, you've learned it all. There's nothing else more to learn. That's just impossible because there's infinite possibilities. Therefore, I could do this from now until, who knows, a trillion, billion, gazillion, kajillion years down the road, and I'll never have the same scenario happen. That's the beauty of it. So we're forever learning unless we become stifled or forced to not be able to learn. And even in that, we still learn. That's why we end up reaching out for help. That's the beauty of it. This is the way it's supposed to happen. Okay, so I went an hour and a half, ran on as usual, right? But the tools are there. If you can see them, if you can hear them, and you understand what I'm saying, welcome. If you need any more guidance, find someone like myself or me. Um, message us uh, personally, and we can work with you. If you need any questions asked, you can ask them in the chat while I'm talking. But a lot of times, most of you people who actually hear my show or are listening to it, afterwards so you can't ask questions you can on some uh, genres and i and it pops up and i can answer that uh but on but on most of them i i can't see because some of them i don't even know where the you guys are listening to it it's being listened to you guys are listening to it in 60 different countries on venues that 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 i never put the podcast up to but it's out there for you to grab so if you find me somewhere and it's not the place that you listen to your podcast, you can take the RSS number if you're uh, um, from the uh, MP3 file. You can go to Podbean and copy it and paste it in your own place, and it'll be shipped out to you every time, not just to you, but to that to that genre, whatever you're listening to, whatever the app is, or the website that you're listening to, it'll automatically, your website would more than love to have it up there for free because that expands their audience as well. That's how that works. That's why we get, that's why we do this. So if you find me somewhere and you go, wow, I wish you were on this platform, just go to Podbean. I pay them to, to share that with you. It's there. You go to Podbean, uh, to my uh, to Orion Rising on Podbean, and you'll see it. will say right there, RSS number. You just copy that. Contact the people on the venue that you're at and say, there's a um, podcast that I can get the RSS number for that I would like to have over here. Do you guys want that? More than likely, 99% of the time, they're going to say, you have the RSS number? Yeah, please copy and paste it here. And they'll take it and enter it, and then bam, my show will be there on their site for free. And you can listen to me locally. Right? All right, guys, namaste. I should have turned my camera on. I never did that, right? Hold on, let me turn my camera on. I'm not wearing my glasses because I'm not reading. So namaste, there I am, right? For those of you who have the ability to watch the MP4 video version of this, you can see my face there, my ugly mug. Okay, I love you guys. I love you all. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Like I said, I'll be back next Friday to do the Love One. We'll pick up right where we left off here. Right. 
and we'll continue to go until we get all 106 sessions done. And then I'm going to continue anyway. I'll be not talking about the law of one. There's other stuff that LL Research Group uh, channeled and other people around the world. I may jump into that or I may not. I may just continue t- talking spiritualism uh, without raw being involved. Right? It's all still the same anyways. So in the meantime, right, share this out. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. Uh, it's for some of you, it's already Saturday. I love you guys, and I'll see you next week.